0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So social media is a little bit of a bane of my existence in that with social media, I feel like I can find incredible things and I can also do what we've started calling in our household doom scrolling. Have you ever done this where you just like keep scrolling because it's like, oh, the world's falling apart. Just me, okay. Um, But it it can be this double-edged sword. So what I'm trying to do, it's a little competition I have. I wanna beat the algorithms. I wanna get into these algorithms and basically all I want to see outside my friends and family, as I scroll social media, all I wanna see is baseball, woodworking, and dogs. That's it. I'm trying to beat all of the algorithms to get to a point where all I'm seeing are those things. And slowly but surely, I'm winning. It's gonna take a long time, but I'm in it for the long haul. And I could tell this week because as I was scrolling Instagram, a random post popped up that caught my attention because what it was was it was this brilliant moment that I had never seen nor knew existed in baseball. And what it was was it was the Seattle Mariners and it was Ken Griffey hitting a home run And then next up is his son, the kid himself, Ken Griffey Jr. And he hits a home run. So back-to-back home runs, father and son. And I thought, this is it. This is baseball. I love it. I've beat the algorithm at least once. Put that in my column to see Ken Griffey and then his son, Ken Griffey Jr. Back-to-back home runs was brilliant very proud of myself. And it got me thinking towards what we look at today, because here's this moment of lineage, right? Where you have Ken Griffey Sr. goes yard, immediately followed by his son. And that's the kind of lineage we often think about. It's the kind of lineage we often look at, is to say, well, how good were the people in front of you and how good are you now we look at sports and we often see this we see it with artists we see it with musicians we see it with actors and actresses we see it in business that we look at lineage and say well how great is your lineage how much do you have in it And so we've been walking through this idea of unprecedented. As we look at Advent and Christmas, we're looking to say how unprecedented is all of this? How strange is all of it? And the reason I wanted to land on lineage today and do this lineage of Jesus, which is oftentimes the part of Matthew we all skip, Because we see Jehoiakim and we go, I'm out. But in these verses, there's actually some really important things. You see that Matthew, as he writes, connects this lineage from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And in this this lineup of his history, you have some great names. You have, of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have David and Solomon. What's interesting is you also have some other names, some names who weren't so great. These kings who had fallen after Solomon. Solomon kind of started, well really, David started the ball rolling. And these kings of God's people just were not, good people and then you just get to a bunch of unknown names but one of the things I love is that you get a couple of names that really stand out that in Jesus' lineage who he is, where he comes from you get the mention of Rahab and Rahab is a woman who is of ill repute who lives in Jericho but by every measure, someone not worthy of God. But ends up being in the lineage of Jesus because when the Israelites come to Jericho, she ends up saying, I will trust God, and she hides their people from destruction. Then you go a little further along and you get Ruth. And Ruth is this woman of extreme faithfulness. That she was one who looked at her mother-in-law and said, no, I will not leave you to your own devices. I will go with you. I will care for you. Even when you say, I don't have to. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I'll stay. And it's so out of place in this kind of lineage of a king, of a savior, that we would have people of ill repute, that we would have people who don't seem that important, but God says, no, there's importance in this. There's importance to knowing this whole line. Now, part of it is, as Matthew writes, he is proving to a Jewish audience to say, look, I will draw the line back for you to Abraham through Solomon and David. Not only that, I will reconnect the lines of the Savior through the Babylonian captivity. And that's all very important. But what I love about it is that it's people who don't always get it right. Even the ones we would put on a pedestal as, as, you know, in church history and characters of David, Solomon, these guys did not have it together. But still, they're in the line of Jesus. And as we get down towards the end, what I love is Joseph, the husband of Of Mary. What's brilliant about that moment is that it is always stated that the Savior will come and be of the line of David, of this royal bloodline. But do you know how he gets in? Adoption. Because when the angel comes and announces to Mary, You will be with child, and the Holy Spirit will do this and it says that Joseph thought well I'll divorce her quietly it's because he looks and he goes oh so you're having another man's child But then the angel comes to him and Joseph this is not his blood son but instead a son that he adopts as a father and so even as Jesus enters the world in his lineage, it comes through adoption. It is a, an immediate view of how we are adopted in to the family of God. That even the Savior is brought in to his line through adoption. Something that you have nothing To do, but instead, someone gives to you. And so, as we look at this lineage, we look and we say, This reflects our lineage in the faith. That as God had this plan for Christmas morning that the Savior would be born, it is a reflection and an example for us to say, So too we are born into the family of God in our baptism. So too we are brought in out of the cold we are adopted in we are the real people of god and our lineage is traced back not because of what we've done but because of what jesus does in his birth death and resurrection for us it is unprecedented that we would get to be a part of this lineage that we would get to read this random part of Matthew that is full of names that, even as I read them, people were laughing at me, my wife. Because I'm really bad at pronouncing things. I just pick away and go with it. Are there letters there? Sure. Do they mean anything? Probably not. But this section of Scripture, we just go, oh, there's the genealogy of Jesus. And so often we skip over it. But the good news contained in this for us is we look back and we look at David and Solomon and Ruth and Rahab and all of these people who were imperfect. And God said, that does not sway my love for my creation. It does not sway me that my son will not be born of perfect people. Instead, he says, no, he is still coming. And he will be adopted into that line. He will be of the line of David because of his adoption. So, too, we are bought into the kingdom of God by our adoption in our baptism. That we are a new people, we belong to the family. This week, I was processing through um, some different things, and uh, I've been meeting with a counselor going through, uh, you know, COVID and trying to figure out how do I stay healthy? How do I keep moving forward? And one of the things he processed with me is, as we're talking and going through this session is he said, have you thought about how you experience your salvation? And I said, Uh, nope. I haven't spent a lot of time on that. And I'm a person that, uh, like, I've taken intro to counseling classes. I've, I've had enough that I'm always trying to win, which is not healthy when you sit down to talk to a counselor. I'm slowly learning more and more. But he had patience with me, and we kept talking. And one of the brilliant things he said to me is he said, well, that's because your salvation is not something... You accomplish, which I know. But he goes, Can you just live in that? You can experience it by just being alive where you are with the knowledge that your salvation is taken care of. When we look at the lineage of Jesus, when we look at what it does. What it shows us is that we are passive. We are bought at a price, but that is all done by the Savior. And instead of trying to be better, instead of trying to experience our salvation and saying, what do I have to do to do this? Instead, we say, no, I have it. I can't change my lineage. I can't change where I came from. No, that is something I have. And so in our salvation, we have that. The lineage of Jesus is a brilliant thing because he comes and says, Look, this is where I came from. And so too, you are bought into this. You are now bought into the kingdom. That is your identity. It goes below to the bedrock of who you are. Now that bedrock and foundation changes us. And we'll talk about that more some other time, but I think this idea of saying what we can experience is by stopping and saying, foundationally, I am adopted into the kingdom of God. Nothing can change that. And nothing I do earns me that. Instead, that's where I start from, and I begin to see the world differently. I begin to look and say, how can I love God and love my neighbors in everything I do? Not because I have to do it so God will love me, but because I'm in the family. This is what we do. Because God would come down as a child for me. This is what I do. As we get into the new year, we're going to talk more about what that looks like. We're going to look and say, how do we as narrative church look at our world and say, if we are bought at a price, if we are the family of God, then how do we interact in the world? But right now, today, what I want you to sit with is this passive idea that your lineage in the family is bought and paid for. As we get ready to pray, uh, one quick thing. If you are uh, one of our first communion kiddos here this morning, um, please make sure you grab communion this morning as well. But I'm going to go ahead and pray. Matt's going to double-check that communion that we've got enough in the back. Um, So if you didn't grab communion as we pray, please feel free to hop up and go grab that. Let's close this sermon in prayer. Lord, slow us down. We give thanks that you would have imperfect people in your lineage, that you would have imperfect people who are yours. And we pray this morning as imperfect people that we could live in our identity as your adopted sons and daughters that we belong to you. So Lord, teach us what that means. Show us how to live in that identity, not of what we do, but of what you've done. Lord, we pray all these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.